Blog Talk Radio. Flurry, you better grab a life vest. Did I lie? Yes! <laughs> Bye-bye. Pull the mask off. People aren't going to like what they see. Looks going to look like flesh on the outside. You rip it open, and it's just circuitry and wires. If my plan works, think of this. I'm going to be off the block from a guy who put on a carrot suit, took an avocado bath, took a chum bath, and sat out of an HOH competition all to get me out. Hello? Will? Yeah? Hey, it's Boogie. Hey! Check this out. unscrupulous, and unexpected. It's time for another summer of Big Brother. That's right, my friends. You got the troubadour of talk, the toxic shock of block talk, and your host through the Big Brother 19th, 19th season. I am Sam Williams, and I've been doing this for quite a while. And I want to welcome you to the Big Brother After Show. Listen, we do this every Thursday night, 11 p.m. Eastern. I don't know what part of the world you might be on. It could be sunny where you are. It could be morning. But we are live. And if you want to share us and listen to us, we are. This show, these shows are up forever. So share with your friends. If you know Big Brother fans, I would really appreciate the word. Or give us a, a, a plug to your friends and whatnot. What a week, guys. What a week. You know, usually when I sit down to do this, you know, I write out my notes. Uh, you know, we we do some spoilers here, but because we do Thursday, and the reason why we do Thursday is because we're always current. And you can always be current with a website like Morty's TV, who's a partner with us. So please go visit Morty'sTV.com. Jump in the forums. I'm on the forums. You'll see a Big Brother after show uh, part of the forum if you want to come in. And, you know, I can take criticism, too. You know, I'm, I'm, I've got thick skin. Uh, you want to come on and say, hey, why don't you talk about this or, you know, whatever. Or, or you want to talk about what's going on in the show or you want to talk about what's going on in Big Brother. That is a place to do it. Like I said, go into your Big Brother forums. You will find a uh, Big Brother after show uh, forum there. Please join in. Have a good time with it. And please visit Morty's. They've been nothing but kind to this show. Uh, didn't have to do a whole lot for us, and they really reached out and were uh, so friendly and trying to partner with us. So please visit Morty'sTV.com. Of course, you'll find the Big Brother heading there, and visit them on Twitter. Um, we have a Twitter too. You know, we got to do the business before we get to things. Uh, BB After Show. Please uh, follow us. I promise, if you follow me, I will follow you. If that has become a story or a lie to you, please let me know. If I have missed you, and I will make sure that I follow you as well. Uh, we're growing quite a bit, and I think everybody can vouch that we have a good time with it, and we talk a lot and a lot of retweets, and you get retweeted. And, uh, you know, we do a lot of talking and a lot of polls there. In fact, we're going to talk about some polls tonight. Who doesn't love to vote? Obviously you guys do because we saw who got the temptation. We'll get into that later. But if you like to vote and you like to be heard, this is the place to do it. Uh, basically, like I said, every Thursday night we're going to go live 11 p.m. Eastern. 
uh, whatever part time that is around your world, around your part of the world. Uh, so please welcome, uh, guys. You know, again, when I sit down to do this, uh, it, it's usually honestly, uh, and, and a lot of people who do shows like this can vouch. You kind of sit down and you and you you really have in a week three to four maybe players in this game that you kind of write notes on. You may do some side mentions about somebody's game, as you might see on the feed, or you might read on a spoiler site like Morty's or something, where you're like, okay, you know, I've got to talk about this, or, or you're angry about that and you've got to talk about it. This is just one of those rare seasons, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I've been doing this a couple of years, and this is just one of those rare seasons where it's like your head is so twisted on almost everybody. This is a, you know, and, and we can say we want. I, I think this is a really good cast, just for the fact that there is so much to really talk about. There's so many people playing angles. There's so many people that are involved in this game. And so many people have a strategy this season. Some don't seem like they do, but I, I do believe that they are having a strategy, and we're starting to see that develop, and we're going to talk about that tonight. Uh, for those of you who want to know where we stand at current, now usually what I do is I go through the week, we talk about, we gossip, we chit-chat, we share memories, we become one big happy family. Hopefully we have smiles and tears at the end. But usually the big news comes at the end, but we already have it. It's going to travel through Twitter. I don't mind releasing it. Paul wins HOH. And what this basically does, it does is take us a little bit backwards this week. I'm going to try to make this all make a lot of sense for us all. But Paul wins HOH, and, and there's a note here that I have, and I, and I think I might have tweeted this out to you guys, but I really think this season may end up being a Paul versus Cody season. Uh, I think it's obvious who Paul is going to either go for or backdoor. I don't think there's any secret there. Uh, somebody tweeted, I think Renee, who listens often, and I appreciate you listening, Renee, uh, had mentioned that this is something that frustrates her about the safety part of it. Uh, and we're going to talk about that a little bit, that people that, you know, that Paul having, you know, three weeks of safety, and I said four weeks of safety, and I want to make sure everybody understands. When I say Paul had four weeks of safety, what I mean is he has, it looks like he's going to have four evictions of safety because he got the friendship bracelet in the first week to keep him safe on that first eviction. Now we're looking at the second, third, fourth, because he got that uh, little thing that you guys gave him. Thank you so much. And now we're looking at him really having about four weeks. Now he's got an HOH. Should he have been allowed to play for it? You know, that's that's up in the air. That's something that we may poll you guys on to see what you think. Um, but that's where we stand right now, and then we're going to go back through the week. So I know everybody wants to know who doesn't have the feeds, who won HOH, and you may not have Twitter. Uh, and by the way, you know, when you're listening to us, you can minimize me. Uh, see, I'm in that box in front of you. You can hit that line. I guess small. I go small to the side over here, and then you can read and do whatever you want. Read your spoilers. Get on Twitter. So you can just listen as you as you kind of chat around, um, and you can throw chats at me too. Uh, you'll see there on your screen. But anyway, uh, so we're at Paul Wynn and HOH. This creates this sets up everything the way probably a lot of people wanted it to be. Uh, I get it, Paul fans. This is what you wanted, but. Really, when we talk about, you know, one of the polls uh, that we put out there was, you know, who do you guys think is playing the best game so far? Now, this was yesterday, maybe, I think maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. You might have been able to change a little bit. Of course, you're going to change after you know who won HOH. But I just talk about the main numbers, which is 54% of you said that Kevin's playing the best game. We talked about Kevin last week in the premiere show, and, and Kevin was my pick. Um, and – 
you know, Paul was my pick last year, and I got really nervous about it because we're going to talk a little, a lot about Paul tonight. But Paul started off last season, and I kind of see it already happening this season, where he's very, very, very overly involved. He's very much into every conversation. He's very much into locking down what people are saying and, and reassure, you know, uh, beating a dead horse is what I like to say, just kind of beating things over and over again on people and, and kind of being a little bit uh, intrusive. And we, say, we see that already starting with him at the beginning of this season, and I don't like that gameplay. I really don't. Whether he saved Christmas or not, I don't think it's the, it's the smart play for him. Um, and we saw what it did for him last season. I think it's going to start annoying people this season. Uh, but Kevin, you guys said, is playing the best uh, game so far, but 23% of you in second place said Paul, uh, which kind of surprised me. But Kevin is playing a very good game. He was my pick this season. A lot of you guys really like him. You're watching the feeds. You're saying, hey, look, you know, he's playing laid back. He's playing low key, but he knows what's going on. I think that's the secret to a really good player. I've never played. Uh, I know that we have players that, that are listening that, that obviously have been in the house. And I've just always felt, you know, you really need to lay low that first week. Not so low that you disappear, but low enough where you're making friends with everybody. You're asking plenty of questions. You want to know about people's lives. You want to know what, what they do for a living. You want to know their age. You want to know about their families. You want to know about, you know, the things that they enjoy, their hobbies. Those are all things that set up to give you a connection with people in the house, I believe. And I think Kevin's doing really good with that. And that was something that, because of his age, a lot of people worried about him being able to fit in. But it seems like he's been able to do that really well. And i got to say something, too, and I'm going to mention it later. Dominic, Dominique is playing a really good game, too. I, I really like what Dominique's doing. She's staying very involved but not in the middle of anything. Uh, when he kind of gets on, she kind of backs off. When it kind of is cool and you know, collected and calm, she kind of gets in the middle of it and kind of discusses what's going on and kind of gives her opinion. She's playing a very, very good game, and, and my eyes on her. I, I really like how Kevin and, and, and Dominique are playing. But what we saw uh, over the week since we last talked was Megan quitting. Uh, she self-evicted. Um, later, you know, and, and I said, you know, obviously she hates money. That was just a joke, just me being silly. Um, but, I, you know, it later came out that she had a serious condition called PTSD, my sympathies really do go out to her. I have a friend that has suffered from PTSD. I've got family that served that suffers from it. It's a very serious thing. It's a very real thing. Uh, and as we go, as we just had July 4th, you see a lot of um, news and, and people giving, you know, um, public service announcements about, you know, vets who have PTSD. It's really hard during July 4th. We all need to keep that in mind. If you pray, whatever, keep people like that in your prayers and your thoughts, positive thoughts. Um, but. Uh, she was a fan, and i got to say, I think she knew what she was getting in for uh, and getting into in this house. I mean, this is a very closed-off environment. You're very into shoulder-to-shoulder. Shoulder. You know, obviously it's a very big place, and you have room to move, but uh, there's a lot happening, and there's a lot of times that you're going to be attacked, and there's going to be drama, and there's going to be sometimes fights. Um, and I think Megan really, really should have thought that out if she was truly diagnosed. Uh, I'm assuming she is, but I'm just saying if she was – if she has an official diagnosis of having that, uh, which is awful and sad, um, but if, if she knew that she was dealing with that, I, I don't think Big Brother was the right place for her. Uh, I can only imagine that cameras walking, watching you 24 hours a day, uh, you know, a lot of the strategy talk and what we saw her go through. And, you know, and I said it on Twitter, uh, I think she legitimately thought she heard what she heard. It's a very sad situation to see somebody kind of get – not only did Josh give her such a hard time, which seemed a little unfair of Josh, um, but 
we also saw her kind of get a lot of heat from Alex, a lot of heat from Jessica, and I think she legitimately thought she heard it. I think that's obvious to everybody. She legitimately thought she heard what she heard. Uh, she feels like she's very confused. I mean, you could see it in her eyes, and, I, and I, my heart really went out to her. Very rarely does my heart go out to people in this game because I think you're getting into it and you know what it's about. Um, but it really did because, you know, it's rarely that you see – I mean, it does happen, but – you know, somebody says something, usually they're just lying about saying it. This poor girl really thought she heard what she heard. Uh, she probably should have kept her mouth shut. I think it was dumb for her to go tell Alex that. Um, but at the same time, you know, she's being told that nobody said that. She firmly believes it. I guess there's a complex of feeling like you're in the twilight zone. That probably triggered a lot of things for her. Um, but... I just felt like she her her perceived reality in the house was false. Uh, I think she she really had a really weird Twilight Zone thing going, as I said before. Um, but in truth, I, I don't know that the that the PTSD and this is a bold thing to say was a, a was a true excuse for her, or if she just felt like she was in a no-win situation. Uh, maybe she blamed a lot of things that were going on around her as her perception with the PTSD, that she was feeling this way because she had it. There's no telling. I don't know. My heart goes out to her. Uh, certainly, I hope that she is better off for being out of the house now. Um, and and I truly, truly hope all good things for her. But I did want to mention, because I, um, because I know people with PTSD, just real quick, um, I know a, I know a guy that served and, and did some really serious stuff over there and, and really suffered. When he came back home, uh, he was not the father and husband he wanted to be, and, and he's very depressed, and he, he really struggled. I mean, really, really had a hard time uh, in his marriage and with his kids and everything, just awful. Um, but I wanted to say that if you know somebody or yourself is suffering from PTSD, my friend did get a shot, and it's called, and I'm sorry if I pronounce this wrong, Stalate. Ganglion block shot Or SGB I beg you if you are suffering from PTSD Or if you know someone from uh, Suffering with PTSD I beg you to google that treatment And to talk to somebody about it My friend did get this shot And it changed his life There's something that blocks maybe a hormone I'm not a scientist Trust me if you ever met me in person You would know this I am not a Rose scholar Anything like that but uh, it did work for him, uh, and it is uh, the SGB shot. It is a shot. I don't know if you get a series. Um, I just know that uh, I think you get one, but um, it's S-T-E-L-L-A-T-E-G-A-N-G-L-I-O-N and block. And um, I'm sure that's some scientific stuff that they have in there. But please, just a, just a friendly announcement from me to you. Uh, since we're seeing somebody get evicted from the house be- because of, of PTSD, as she is saying, uh, that if you know somebody who's dealing with it or you have dealt with it yourself, please, I beg of you, to look this up. It works for 70%. It's got a 70% success rate. Don't let life pass you by. You have served your country. You have, you, you've served with honor, and you deserve to live a, a complete life. Please take a look at that uh, if you could. All right. Enough of that um, announcement. Let's get on with the show, guys. Uh, all right. We see who's HOH. We already know who's HOH now. HOH now. But who was HOH? We have his Cody. Uh, we saw that Cody was was starting to act like he owned the house. 
uh, I think his behavior, um, I, I think we've seen that behavior before in many players who misunderstood the game as just a competition game. As we know, watching the show, um, being fans of this, that this is a game that comes in many, many parts, and it is a game. And I think immediately when people think they're going to be on a show that's a game, immediately it's like I've got to win prizes, I've got to win the top thing, I've got to beat everybody. We've seen this happen, and we've seen people who come into this game and fail because they look at it as just a competition. What matters is who's HOH, what matters is who wins POV. But we know that it's a multidimensional game, or it used to be. We, I feel like, haven't seen the strategy that we've seen in past seasons, uh, and, and maybe this season we'll get a little bit more strategy. It seems like we're going to. And I think Cody is just in the mindset when he first walked in the door that this is about me being the strongest competitor here and owning everything uh, and being king and, and owning all the gold. But uh, we see the situation he's created for himself. Now, I, I do want to – I mean, people hate Cody, and I've, been, and I've slightly been defending Cody on Facebook and, and on Twitter – and I really feel like, listen, I mean, if you count up the nominees, he's at five nominees. His original two, Megan left, his replacement's three. He puts up Alex. Alex comes off and wins a POV, as we're going to talk about in a second. And he replaces Alex with Christmas. That is five people. Now, there's 16 people in the house, excluding himself. There's 15 people in the house. And we already lost Cameron. So what are we at, 14 people that really matter at that point? Five of them he's had to put up on the block. Now, I get it. We hate Cody. He doesn't have the right personality or anything like that. And don't forget, editing does things to people, too. I mean, they are going to edit the things that they want people to perceive. And, and maybe he's not the way that he is. You guys watch the feeds a lot more than I do. A lot of you say he is that way. And that's cool, too. I mean, he did get casted for the show. But five nominees is a really, really tough way to go. Okay? Um. And we saw what happened with the votes uh, as far as with Paul, um, and that screwed him again. Now, just consider this, guys. Had Christmas tonight, we're going to talk about her, but if Christmas tonight had been hurt and not come back to the game, do you realize that Cody would have been making his sixth nominee in the, first, in the second week of the game? That's insane. And you, and you cannot fault a person at some point for saying enough's enough. I will tell you this much. I love this game with all my heart. I've been watching it. I've been watching it for years. And I got to be honest. If I'm Cody, and if Christmas doesn't come back, and the production looks at me and says you make another nominee, a nomination, I'd tell him to go sit on it and spin. There ain't no way I'm making another nomination. This nomination, this eviction, and we put it to a uh, poll on the on uh, with you guys. This eviction should have been canceled. The moment Megan left, it should have been canceled. There was no reason to continue an eviction. I get it. You want blood in the water. But this also gives another week of things to kind of fall apart a little bit. And when I asked you guys should the eviction be canceled when Megan left, 40% of you said the eviction should continue. 60% said there should be no eviction. That tells me that I'm in the right company. I think that eviction should have been canceled at that moment when Megan walked out. There was no reason to do another one. We had already lost Cameron within the first night, right, or in the first two nights. We lose Cameron. And, and then Megan quits for whatever reason, 
PTSD or just feeling like she can't win or whatever, that's it. We 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 should con- we should have canceled that eviction, and I was very adamant about that. Now look where we are. I'm not saying pat myself on the back, but I'm saying look where we are. We are now five players deep in one person's HOH. That's insane. Um, but that doesn't save Cody from being all comp and no social. Um, he's got the showmance uh, with the, you know with the pretty girl in the house, and Jessica's going to be a major player, I think. Um, he's got a he's got an issue with the shaky alliance now. I don't know that that was ever a really solid alliance. I got to be honest with you. Uh, we saw Fusky talk about that last week, where he felt like the, this alliance is gonna gonna fall quick. He was dead on. It did fall quick, and it is falling quick. And he was completely exposed because of all the nominations he had to make. I mean, you know, look. When we thought last week that Josh was going to be the worst player possible by taking that golden apple of golden apple for veto, Cody said, "Hold my beer," because he really, really did a number out there. It's a really, really messed up situation with his nominations. He just basically fired at everybody. Um, and I, I, as much as I think Cody can survive a little longer, it's going to be a really uphill battle for him. Uh, his nominations have really exposed him, as we saw tonight, and. Listen, he's got Jessica right there. We've got a showmance going. In fact, we've had three showmances, and we're going to talk a little bit about those two. But Jessica's right there. I think that Jessica has the sexual power to team up with any man in power within the house, just like what she did with Cody. Uh, I think that Jessica is probably cold and very dark-hearted deep down, just an assumption, probably not true, but it's my assumption, game-wise. I always talk game. I don't talk about outside the house. But I just see her being this little kind of like this black widow, and I don't want to compare her to Daniel Reyes but at all, trust me. But, you know, just as a metaphor, I just see her as this black widow in the corner just winding up her web. And any person that gets in power, I just feel like if it's a male, she's going to work very, very hard <clears throat> to be within that, whether it's her sexuality, whether it's just the way that she uh, is an attractive person. I see Jessica knowing exactly what she has and knowing how to use it. And I think we're seeing it now as she's playing out with Cody. And, I, and you know, really there were some moments where she was talking about voting out uh, Jillian with the rest of the house as they were talking about it. And a light bulb went off on me when I was like, you know what? I think she would totally stab Cody in the back. I think Cody thinks that he's going to drop Jessica, but I think Jessica's prepared to drop Cody quicker. Uh, I think that Cody's being used by Jessica because he's in, he's in power right now. And don't be weirded out if Cody goes up on the block and perhaps Jessica doesn't, or if Jessica goes up on the block with him, that you don't see her switch real quick. She was very, very smart tonight to go talk to everybody, as we saw in the episode tonight, about how she wasn't involved with nominees and all this other stuff, you know, basically pleading her case. I I think she's really, really a lot smarter than people think she is, and I think that she has a queen mentality when people she's with are in power, but I think that she's also very cold-blooded. I think that she could be a very, very vengeful player, especially if she's rubbed the wrong way. But don't mistake that sexual uh, power as being something that is not going to be workable because she's going to be able to work it somewhere. Uh, She's going to wait for a good moment to strike. 
and let's face it, if her and Cody go on the block, I really see if Cody doesn't win POV, Cody probably comes, uh, probably goes home, uh, and Jessica probably survives and probably finds a way to kind of weep her web a little bit better. Uh, I just think that we should not write her off. Uh, I think Cody is really, really honestly being used as her pawn at the moment, and she's letting him have the power. But you can see in their conversation how she kind of tries to dominate it. And, uh, you know, I think that she would do that with almost any man in that house given the opportunity. She's very much going to be looking for power or working the power angle. I do not think Jessica's dumb. I think Jessica knows what she's doing. Now, if she gets caught too soon, sometimes the spider gets squashed. She may get squashed too soon, but if she lingers around and she keeps Cody in front of her, she may go a little deeper than people think. Um, But, you know, as we saw, again, Cody puts up Jillian and Megan. Megan goes home. Uh, We said that it should have been canceled. You guys kind of agree with me. Uh, You know, when you think about the original nominees, it's kind of tough. You know, I, I wish I could find something to tell you about Jillian. I just find it difficult for Jillian to to have much positive to talk about. I asked you guys if she, if she was Meg 2.0. It's no offense to Meg, uh, and, and I'm not throwing anything on her, but um, <clears throat> Meg was somebody who's a little bit – excuse me, my throat's getting dry. Megan was somebody – or Meg was somebody who was a little bit loopy in the game, not quite really playing, just kind of there enjoying it. I mean, it was just kind of like, hey, man, I'm on Big Brother. I love it. Sixty percent of you said you disagree with that. You didn't think that uh, Jillian was a Meg. Uh, some of you said that she was worse than Meg. Uh, I, you know, Meg is not really high up on my list of players. So, you know, that's some of you saying that she's worse is kind of more of an insult than than I was even trying to give. But uh, Jillian just disappeared. I, it just felt like Jillian was waiting for somebody to tell her something. Um, and the fact that you know she was shocked tonight tells you everything you need to know. Uh, I think she should have really worked harder, but I think it was just one of those things where there's nothing to say. I, I just think Jillian was dead weight, and that's not to be hateful. I just don't think that she had much going game-wise, and there, she wasn't offering us much, and she wasn't offering the house much. I mean, is she somebody that you can rely on? Is she somebody you can form an alliance with? Is she somebody you can see winning an HOH and, and keeping you out of trouble or winning a POV? No. She's not a great social player. She really is dead weight. I personally find a way to get rid of Christmas. I think, you know, we've got the issue with her foot, but eventually that's going to heal, and and we saw Christmas come out of her shell a little bit this week. Christmas, I think, is a dangerous social player, and, you know, it only takes, I guess she'll be on crutches for, what, 46 weeks? If she makes it that far, she's going to be very, very dangerous in comps. Uh, We're going to talk about her issue a little bit, but... Let's talk about nominee number two, which is Alex. Uh, you know, I, I like Alex. I told you guys, smaller people, and maybe it's just some kind of weird thing with me, smaller players seem to do better in the competitions, especially endurance. We saw James. Uh, these guys, they're just so small, and they can last forever on a, you know, standing on one foot, hanging onto a wire. That's just the kind of things that, that, that the littler players are able to pull off, and she is a very small girl. Uh, Raven probably very much the same way this season, although she's been a little quiet. Um, but in this case, she's nominated. Uh, and I think that it was kind of a dumb move of hers to say to Cody that she was going to come after him. Um, now, I know that that thing's kind of been repaired a little bit, maybe on Cody's side. 
I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think Cody's got a little thing for Alex. I think that he sees her as a competitor, and I think that makes him attracted to her. Um, I think that he's somebody who likes people that are comp- competitors. Why his issue with Christmas, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll be honest with you. We're going to talk about this in a second, but I think he really put up Christmas because it's the first thing on his mind. I don't think he thought it out at all. Uh, that's obvious, but I just don't think he had another nominee in mind. And it might have been just the fact that that's the person he was looking at at the moment. But I think he loves competitor. I think he likes competitive women. I think that's how he is, uh, it, very much like himself, where he wants to win. Uh, he kind of has a change of heart. They play for the veto, and i got to be honest with you. I mean, Cody, you're not fooling anyone, my friend. To sit there and say that you threw that veto for her to win was ridiculous. We all knew that you pretty much lost it and you quit, and you just knew you weren't going to be able to beat her. Smooth move coming in trying to tell her, though, that you threw it to her. That was real smooth, but I'll be honest with you, Alex is not dumb, and Alex knew that. Um, but I, I honestly like how competitive she is. Uh, I think she's she's cunning, but I think she's a little too direct with her cunningness. It's okay to have targets, but those targets really should never know that you're after them until it's kind of getting too late for them. Um, you shouldn't use your own words because, you know, you say things like, I'm going to come after you guys. Yes, it might be okay for now. In a week or two, I have a feeling that still, if Cody lasts, that's going to be something that's still going to be stuck in his crawl a little bit. It's the fact that Alex still kind of wanted them out. It's hard to repair that damage, I think, when you put that doubt in a player that you're coming after him. I think she should have just joined up. I think she should have said, yeah, man, cool. I'm looking for a group to join, and just deal with it. You take every deal that's presented to you, and then you work it out later. This is a game where you're going to lie, cheat, and steal. You're going to manipulate. You're going to backstab. But the timing has to be perfect. <clears throat> you have to do all these things at the perfect time at the perfect moment. And that is very hard, I imagine, in the house. However, I don't think that time comes when you're stretching with a guy who's HOH, and he asks you if you're, if you're interested in teaming up. That's probably not the best time to – Go ahead and just stab somebody right in the front. Uh, I think she really did put her foot in her mouth, and honestly, if she hadn't won veto, she might be in trouble. I think Jillian still goes home, but still she's on the block if she doesn't win that power veto. Um, But she has to control the things that she says. Uh, And, uh, you know, having, you know, Cody, Cody obviously is kind of following her around and being nice to her. But, you know, it's obvious that she really doesn't fully trust Cody. Uh, Cody is going to think back on the time that she was going to put him up if he if she won HOH. I think that's a relationship that's just destined to be doomed. But listen, Alex winning POV gives her incredible street cred in the game. I mean, she's got incredible street cred. Uh, and she lasted really a long time in that first HOH. Um, I think that she's going to give a lot of players a, a hell of a run as she goes a little deeper. I think she needs to think about her uh, her social game's good, but she needs to think about what she says, um, and she needs to think about how she says it. Because I think when you're that direct about who you're coming after, you become kind of like Cody, where you're just telling people I'm coming after you, and honestly, that just puts a target on your back. Uh, if Cody, I'm sure, has told other people in his group that she was coming after the the relationships, look, that puts Mark and Elena. And uh, I believe it's Matt and Raven all at risk. Um, if he spreads that to them, that can make them very suspicious from there on uh, to work with her. So it just was one of those things that it just didn't seem like it was really smart for Alex, and I think it really hurt her. 
It may not hurt her at the moment. I think it could come back to haunt her a little later, but I love how she's playing. I love her spunk. Uh, I just want her to get a little bit better about what she says. Uh, And so I think Alex is somebody I can definitely feel like going far. Uh, But we see Alex win POV. She comes down. She does a great job uh, winning. Like I said, Cody didn't give it to her. Cody just basically knew he couldn't beat her. Um, And, you know, Jillian didn't have a shot. Jillian stays on the block. Alex takes herself down. Now, here comes a twist of this week and really of the summer as we see this happen every week. You guys vote. I don't even know what to say to you because I'm so disappointed. I asked you guys last week, don't vote for the vet. Vote for a new player that you like. Give them the opportunity they've never played before. And you guys didn't listen to me. You went ahead and you went against our friendship and our connection that we've had for all these years, and you go and vote for Paul. Now, listen, all I hear about all year long is how much you guys can't stand vets. You are tired of seeing vets. You don't want to see vets anymore. Vets shouldn't win anything, and I don't even want to see an All-Stars 2, which we can put a fork in, as I said last week, because Paul is obviously somebody with an All-Stars 2. So All-Stars 2 in the 20th season, as I predicted, is wrong. But you guys, you know, you, you hate the vets. You, want, you never want vets. Oh, man, I'm so sick of them. And then what happens when they come to a vote? You guys vote for them to win care packages, to win power, to win money, to win all these things, and, and win safety. And, and you act shocked when that happens. Look. I know a lot of you guys love Paul. I, I Listen, Paul was my pick last year. I liked Paul's end game. I liked Paul from middle season to the end last season. I thought he played a really great game, and I thought he deserved the win, and I've, and I've said that. But this is a guy who had a, who had a free run in the first eviction, and he was able to save eight other people in that eviction. Not only was he – a lot of people said, oh, well, that put a target on his back. Look at with Cody. True, true enough. But look at the other eight that he gave a bracelet to. Those people have some kind of connection to him because he saved them, okay? So production set him up really nicely on week one to have at least maybe seven to eight people, maybe six people that really felt like they could trust Paul because, after all, Paul gave him a friendship bracelet. Hell, you give me eight friendship bracelets with 16 people, half the people are going to be happy as well. It's not rocket science. You don't have to be a mathematician. This is how it works. They gave them half the number of the house to give away these bracelets to. That means half the house in some way feels indebted to them. Okay, fine. You've got to, if you're going to bring a vet back, which I was against this year, because you had a vet win last season, it didn't make any sense to bring a vet in. Now, if Paul wins last season and you want to bring a vet back, that's fine. You had a new person win last season, but you had Nicole win last year who was uh, a vet that was brought back. Well, she brought – I think she was brought back – back? No, she wasn't back-to-back. Back, but she was brought back, and she ends up winning half a million dollars. To bring in a new vet, again, CBS – I don't know they thought it out because here we go with you guys voting. I forgive you, but I'm, it's going to be hard for us to, to be pals. But I forgive you. But you give Paul this vote. Now, 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 Paul is is the person who's chosen for this twist of the season, and now he's got three weeks. We say three weeks, but I, I basically say three evictions where he doesn't have to worry about being nominated. Now, 
that's four evictions that he's been able to skip out on. So when I tweeted four weeks, I really meant, you know, four evictions. And I think that's fair. He's got he's going to have a month off from having to worry about it being evicted. Now, everybody says, yeah, but he can't get another one. He's only got he's, he can only get it once. What what better one do you want? I mean, I'm, I I am curious to see what the rest of these temptations are going to be. I mean, we see the one where you can you make yourself play for veto or something. I mean, please. In comparison to three weeks of safety. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, guys. And I'm going to be honest with you. The punishment did not fit the temptation. It was very disappointing. So, basically, he gets to be safe for another three weeks. And at random, quote-unquote random, it just so happened to be one of the people that is least, really least active in the house, Ramsey's poor guy. He's the one that gets his number pulled, and guess what? He's got to go up as a third nominee every week. How does that affect Paul? It doesn't affect Paul at all. And I get that the punishment should have been on the house. Uh, punishment on the house is fine. Bring Cameron back or, you know, do something that affects the entire house, okay? But to affect one player that is not a major player, you you got to be very lucky for that to have happened, and I have to feel like that production played a role in who would get that and who would be punished. Um, I, I hate to throw production on the bus, but, guys, it, it's not who votes. It's, it's who counts them. And I really feel like Paul was going to get that no matter how we voted. And a lot of you disagree with me, but I believe that. And I also believe the person that was going to be punished for it was going to probably be somebody who wasn't very popular in the house. Not that Ramsey's is not popular, but he's not a major player. Cody could have been that guy. Anybody, Kevin could have been that guy. Out of everybody in that house that could have gotten that punishment, it ends up being Ramsey's? I don't know. And what if what would have happened if Julian had gotten that punishment? Or what if what if Julie? What if you guys would have voted for Julian to get the uh, safety? Does she all of a sudden come down after being up there through three nominees? Uh, it's, it's, uh, the timing of it, everything about it, just does not feel right. Why would you do that before the first evictions? I mean, before you did it after nominations. So any of those people that got nominated weren't saved. Or maybe they were going to. It just would have been weird. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Megan wins this? Let's say she stays in the house and she wins this protection for three weeks. What do you do then? You just bring her down out of nowhere? I just It's just odd. The whole thing's odd. I don't like it. Like I said, the punishment should have been either on the house or on Paul. Paul should have felt some type of punishment uh, from taking that temptation. That's what we were led to believe. And I don't think that Ramsey's going up for three weeks in a row as a third nominee is a punishment that fits the temptation. Not three weeks safety. No way. You guys are crazy if you don't agree with that. I, I, I honestly feel like what they should have done is randomized three players that were going to be put up as the third nominee. Now, you want to know what will piss everybody off at Paul? Yeah, you took the temptation. Now, I've got to be punished, and Christmas has to be punished. And, you know, not only that, but Kevin's got to be punished. And so and so has got to be punished for three weeks. They should have randomized three players to go up and have to sit on that for three for three weeks. You know, not in a row, but Kevin, it's your turn. You were randomly picked. Cody, it's your turn. You were randomly picked. Uh, you know, whoever. Uh, you know, Mark, you're randomly picked. Now that's going to piss some people off. That's going to anger some people in the house. 
but Ramsey's going up every week. Ramsey's not somebody that's going to say much. And he gets to pick when he goes. You know, it's kind of like this slap on the wrist kind of thing. Sorry, I just don't think that this whole thing with the three weeks of safety with Paul, it's all fishy. It doesn't smell right. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Production, I really believe. I rarely throw production under the bus on this show. But I've got to believe that that was completely because Cody had already told the diary room that Paul was going to be his nominee before Christmas came up. And, and really, how badly is Cody screwed in that situation? Now, I get it. You guys, a lot of you hate Cody. So you're okay with it. The thing about this game is, is that if, it would have, if Cody would have been Kevin or Cody would have been Paul or Cody would have been Alex or anybody that you liked and they were up to their fifth nominee, would you think it's fair at this point? Would you think it was fair that somebody got three weeks of safety right before they get nominated? You would not. You would sit there and say, this is not fair. It's un- it's un-. And I get it, expect the unexpected. That was told to me 50,000 times. But there is a reasonable amount of gameplay that should be expected by the people who were signed up to play. And i got to be honest with you, I just think that this is all weird. The whole thing is weird. But here we are. Paul gets to play for HOH, and guess who's the new HOH? It's Paul. So this season, honestly, for me already, has really taken a downturn because of this. Uh, Two weeks of safety, I won't complain a bit. Three weeks, and then the first week of friendship safety thing, guys, that's four weeks. That's four weeks. That is that is a third of the time he's in there. By the time he even has to worry, what, jury will start? That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. I think it's a bad decision altogether. I know a lot of you guys like Paul, but I know that production has to protect these bets, but that's exactly why a bet shouldn't have been involved this season with another season before it, having a bet win. It just, none of it makes sense. Uh, but... Uh, I think at some point Paul's going to be thrown to the wolves, and he's going to have to show that he actually can play this game a second time. What I worry about, Paul, is that as we've seen, Christmas becomes his replacement, and Christmas gets very upset. And I'm going to say it again. I think there was just some dumbness that went off in Cody's brain that honestly when, when Paul came down and used the protection, okay, I think there was a part of, of Cody that was so angry that Cody just said a name, and I'm not sure he really thought it out. Now, he defended it, but I don't think he thought it out. Uh, I think you do it ten times, nine out of ten, I don't think he says Christmas. I just think it was just one of those things where it just came into his head and he said it, and maybe he thought that punishing Christmas would make Christmas go after Paul. Um uh, you know, it's just psychological, but it didn't work out that way at all. And and in turn, uh, Paul begins to kind of go back to the Paul that we saw last season at the beginning. Not a big fan of Paul being uh, very involved in everybody's conversations. One thing that really irked me, and I didn't know how you guys felt about it. Uh, you might not have cared. But one thing that irked me is I just felt like Paul, and I remember him doing this a little bit last season. You know, typically HOH has their people there. They're having these whatever you want to say, conference, meetings, whatever, alliance groups, whatever. And usually when somebody comes up, you knock. You're told you can come in or give me a minute, I'll be with you in just a second. I I don't know if this is something new and you guys can tell me on Twitter, but 
Paul just walks into this HOH room like he owns it. And I've got to be honest with you. I think it's very, in a way, disrespectful to the HOH. Now, whether it's Cody or whoever, I don't think that you should just walk into an HOH room. It's always been a knock, and then you're, you're you know, you can come in or whatever. Um, but just being able to walk in on people, I, I've noticed Paul is very bad about walking in on people uh, just to kind of disrupt things. And I think that gives him a bad skin. I think that when he is dominating conversations and when he's cornering people and when he's doing what he did last season at the beginning of the season, it's overkill, it's overplay. And you know what? Paul may take a credit for getting Christmas safe this this week, but I'm telling you guys, eventually that's going to get really, really annoying. And it may not be Cody who puts up Paul, but I also can't fault Cody for putting up Paul. Paul really should have been, like, put up, as an original nominee, this is a guy who's a bet. If anybody should want him out, it's everybody in the house. It, it, it's amazing to me that we see so many seasons where the vet comes in and the vet's almost like everybody's in so much shock that the vet's there that they just fall all over themselves because they're a fan. Man, I am in there for a half a million dollars. I mean, you throw me in there with Dr. Will, my, one of my game heroes. I say game heroes, not live heroes, but game heroes. Dan or Danielle Reyes, I'm probably, I'm probably, I'm probably dripping my pants a little bit. I'm probably peeing a little. I'm excited, but there's a point that snaps me out of it, and I go, "All right, man, look, this guy's gonna send you home." And I think that there's a mentality that you want to be in with that vet, but we see it time and time again where these vets last. And and I have a feeling that eventually Paul's magic will wear off, and we're gonna see. Paul get a little annoying with people. Everybody's going to feel like he's kind of cornering people. Um, and I think that eventually he's going to start trying to tell you, especially especially with three-week safety. Paul's going to really take it upon himself to start trying to control what people are doing. You guys watch out. I'm telling you, it's going to eventually wear everybody thin, and Paul's either going to have to check himself like last season, and he did. Paul, I, I've said it, I've said it, I've said it. Paul was one of the rare players last season that figured out the game probably about halfway, three-quarters through, maybe a little sooner, where he realized, I'm getting on people's nerves. I've got to chill out. I've got to, I've got to relax. I've got to find somebody to be solid with. And I've, just got to, I've got to just share information that I have and just let it be what it's going to be. And... When he began to do that, he began to get a lot better at the game. If you remember, he was an early target last season. He was somebody that everybody wanted to go home because he was so pushy and he was talking too much. And eventually he kind of worked his way into things, right? I think Paul needs to do that again. And I'm really thinking that you Paul fans, you might be disappointed. I could be wrong. God knows I'm wrong a lot. But I just have a feeling that this three weeks, Paul's going to take it upon himself to be the leader of the pack. And I think Paul is going to do himself no favors by running his mouth all week long, uh, for three weeks, actually. I think he's going to go and go and go and go, and people are going to originally, uh, eventually burn out on Paul. Paul has got to learn to back off. Let people do their HOHs. You're safe. You are completely safe. Don't dominate it. Just talk. Enjoy people's company. Make your connections. Feel solid with people. Be supportive of people because you're not in danger. Now's a great time to work a social angle. But I have a feeling Paul's going to try to dominate everything in the uh, the next three weeks. 
And, of course, because of that, we have a stare-off with Cody. We have a stare-off with Paul. I told you guys, what we see, I think, is a divided house coming up. Half are going to side with Paul. Half are going to side with Cody. I think Cody may have lost everybody behind him. But I think if Cody, let's say that, that Paul puts Cody up, even if Paul doesn't put Cody up, Cody's going to try to win that POV. And if Cody wins that POV and stays safe or is not even nominated, who knows what Paul might do, but if, if, if Cody wins that POV regardless and he stays safe, there's going to be some people that are going to float back to Cody. We're going to see if Cody learns his lesson. We're going to see if Cody wakes up out of this, this tough, I'm the baddest dude on the planet idea and become a little bit softer towards people. We saw what he was doing with Alex. I think he's got a lot to repair with Christmas if he can. We saw him out there helping Christmas when she broke her foot uh, and talking to her and trying to kind of get her to calm down. Uh, I think he could be somebody that might start trying to flip the switch if he survives this week uh, and he doesn't go home. Because I think if this house could divide into Cody versus Paul, we could have a really, really good season. And it could be Paul versus somebody else. But if we get this house divided, you're going to get a good season. You know, that happened in six where the house began to divide. A lot of people consider six one of the greatest seasons ever. And that became a great season because the house divided down the middle. It was friendship versus the, you know, I don't remember, this S6 group, whatever, uh, with Howie and Janelle and and, and, our, um, and, uh, and and it just divided and went all out, fight, warfare, a lot of people throwing each other under the bus, trying to get each other put up on the block, and it became a great season. We could see that here, but Cody's got to survive this week. Um, Paul obviously going to be safe for a little while. Um, but what we see as a result of all this is Christmas being put up. Uh, she had everything going right. The sad thing about Christmas is that, uh, you know, look, I told you guys, uh, last week she, she puts it to a vote. I thought it was a dangerous but brilliant move. Uh, which told her and should have told Cody that the house basically wants to work with her in some way, okay? Uh, Brilliantly puts herself up to a vote, could have gone to a competition and won. And now, from that point to being on the block, in in an alliance at the moment, but then suddenly put on the block with no chance to save herself. Um, Obviously, we saw Christmas get upset. She wants to go to war with Cody and them. Going to be kind of hard to do when you have a gimp foot. I told you guys, or I asked you guys, is Christmas being uh, is Christmas being in a cast? Is it going to, you know, and being told, uh, basically she's going to be told what comp she can play in and what she can't play in. Did you guys see it as an advantage or disadvantage? What I found was 52% of you saw it as a disadvantage and 48% of you saw it as an advantage. I think that's very, very fair, and I'll tell you why. It's an advantage for the fact that if she doesn't compete in some competitions, there are going to be people that will take some sympathy on her. They're going to say she didn't get a chance to fight for herself. She didn't get an opportunity to play in the competition. Therefore, you know, I I don't feel like I can put her on the block. It's not fair to do. Uh, Some of you saw it as a disadvantage maybe because what can she do to help? She can't do anything for six weeks, Okay. Uh, now, if you're Paul and you're safe for that time, that's fine. I, I imagine that a foot's probably going to take anywhere between four and six weeks, I would guess. Hey, I watch a lot of football. I would imagine four to six weeks. Um, 
and depending on the the severity of her break, it's kind of hard to think that people are going to really be able to rally around Christmas when Christmas really is not going to be able to do a whole lot for them. Uh, Now, I'm sure that she'll be able to compete. I mean, even if you talk about puzzles, there's still a little bit of jogging back and forth to do puzzle pieces. Sounds like the only thing she was even going to be involved in would be some type of trivia. And I don't see them changing all the comps around to fit her. Uh, But let's not forget, too, that if Christmas goes home, if she doesn't come back and they tell her, you can't compete, you got to go home, is Cody going to be asked to make a sixth nominee? I mean, that to me just really is scary. Uh, and that really is a bad situation for anybody that's in that game to put, in, to put up six people. You only got 15 left, you know. I mean, how many, how many people? I mean, eventually the guy's going to run out. He's going to piss everybody off. So in a way, I mean, it's a very unfair situation for Cody if Christmas goes home. My God, production had to have canceled the eviction at that point. If they carried on, I don't, I don't know what I would have done this season. It just would have been ridiculous. But she comes back, uh, to her credit. Uh, she doesn't want to leave. I don't know if this injury is going to be an advantage or disadvantage, guys. I think I see it both ways. There may be some people that eventually get kind of tired of her laying around and not competing and saying, you know what, I know she's got a bum foot, but by God, why not get rid of her now before she gets better and returns and she's rested up and she starts dominating these competitions. I think that Christmas is somebody that you do need to get rid of. I probably would have gotten rid of her this week if I was a player. Obviously would have been on the wrong side of the law, but, you know, I pin the vote on somebody else. There's a, a large number of votes that went towards Jillian going home, so I don't know that that messes anybody up. But, the fact of the matter is, is that is she going to be dragging your team down or your allies down, or is she going to give you some type of advantage? That is really hard to see with Christmas. That is really, really hard to see with Christmas. And honestly, I don't think Christmas is the person that Cody needs to worry about because I really think she's going to be down for a while. And I'll be honest, she really, really fought hard to stay in the house. She really, really talked a lot. Her and Paul both went as a team effort to get Christmas to stay uh, in this house. It ends up paying off as we see that Jillian's evicted uh, by, by kind of a wide margin. I agree with Jillian in her interview. She said that she thought the votes would be split. I did too. I felt like the votes were going to go basically half and half, okay? I thought Cody was going to make the decision and send Christmas home. I thought Christmas, I thought it was a done deal. Really surprised to see how things slid. Uh, we saw where, jo- where Josh stood there was a lot of talk this week of where votes were going to be. Josh seemed like he was really up in the air. He had given Cody some information that people were going were coming after him. On the other end, you know, Josh is kind of telling other people he's going to do this and telling these people he's going to do that. Josh was really somebody that uh, should not be where he is. I told you guys, I think Josh is going to be a selfish player, and I think that selfish players in the heat of the moment become selfish. We saw that last week. He had no need, truly, to go for the Golden Apple. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. You can make an argument for both cases. But the fact of the matter is, is that we saw a selfish player, what, second or third day that he, maybe the first day, if I remember correctly, that he's knowing these people, he's making a very selfish move. If you think that that's going to go away, I don't agree with that. I think that you're going to see Josh continue to be a very selfish player. Uh, I think you're going to see him be put out on the line, and he's not going to like it. He's going to try to cl- try to climb back up into safety, 
and he's going to always be somebody, if he wins an HOH, that's going to be really indecisive and probably break down and get mad and get angry at the situation. I just don't see Josh as stable. So it was really, really weird to see where he was going to go tonight, but Jillian just – it becomes a Jillian uh, cremation, I guess, is what you could call it. Man, talk about burying her. Um, but we see where Josh stands. We see where the house stands. Obviously, Cody is left looking a little bit on the outside. As I said, I wouldn't count on Jessica. Uh, as we saw at the end, though, what I found was interesting was uh, you guys saw the fight, kind of the argument between Jessica and Christmas. And i got to be honest with you, Jessica's not wrong. Uh, Christmas had already said she's coming after, you know, Cody and, and coming after Jessica. And all. Why would Jessica vote, vote to keep Christmas? It made no sense. I mean, for Christmas to be mad – this is something that concerns me about Christmas going forward. She needs to realize that when you threaten people, when you make an enemy, when you call out somebody and tell them, I'm coming after you, that those people are not the most receptive in keeping you in the house. And she's got to realize, as Alex, as I said with Alex, that sometimes your words hold a lot of validity. You need to be very careful about what you expect of people because if you tell somebody, I'm coming after you, you can't be mad at them for not voting for you. Uh, you can't be mad at them for, for voting to vote you out. Uh, and that just comes with the territory. And this is what concerns me about Christmas is I think we might have somebody with kind of a short fuse, and that's concerning. One thing we did see a little bit tonight was Dominique. Uh, you saw Dominique kind of, kind of being in the, at the right place at the right time a lot, but staying very low, staying very below the radar. I like Dominique's game right now. I like what she's doing. I think she's playing it right. Uh, I think Jason's playing it right. You know, I didn't give Jason a lot of credit coming into this thing. I kind of thought he was going to annoy people. Seems like he's really, really playing a decent game. He's kind of working the middle. He'll go either way, but he kind of leans towards power. Probably the smartest way to play. Uh, And we saw uh, Dominique, like I said, being in situations, and she's very, very good at talking to people. She's very good at having information. She's very good at, at kind of working people. I think Dominique, uh, Dom, goes very, very, very far in this game. I just have a good feeling about her. And uh, I feel like she is going to be somebody to reckon with, because, reckon with because I think that as she gets stronger in this game, as this game, you'll see great players as the numbers dwindle, they become a little stronger. And I think you're going to see Dominique become a little stronger on her social game as we go. Um, and she's just playing it just, honestly, just just perfectly. And, and, I, and I love it. I love the way she's playing it. There's a lot of guys and girls that I like the way they're playing this season. Like I said, I like Alex. I like Jason's game. Uh, I kind of like Mark's game a little bit. I, I think Mark is good at – kind of making people, like I said, he kind of gives off a Jeff vibe to me where he can kind of be the cool guy. He doesn't really make anybody angry. Uh, he's, he's the first one, if he does something wrong, to kind of say they're sorry, as we saw with Christmas tonight. Uh, but one thing I would like to say, too, is that we've seen these uh, romances or showmances, and, you know, which ones are genuine and which ones aren't. Uh, you know, you hear a lot about the Raven-Matthew-Maven uh, relationship, I don't know where that one stands. I don't follow the showmances close enough. But I will say two people that we haven't talked about before we go to the power uh, rankings for, this, for the week. I really, really, really think that Elena is using Mark big time. 
Uh, I have a feeling that she has an agenda. I think she's dangerous. I think she's a lot like Jessica and the fact that I think she's going to play to power. I think she's going to be somebody who's going to use a lot of her sexual appeal towards people. You know, she's got the full lips and big hips, and she's got, you know, she's measured out. And we'll just put it that way. She's she's healthy. And uh, I think she's going to use that to her advantage as she goes a little bit further. And I think that Elena is somebody who can go as far, uh, probably go a little farther than Jessica. But I think that they're very similar players in the fact that they're not afraid to use power. And I've seen Elena kind of talk to Mark in ways that don't show me that she's very sincere about this relationship. You guys can let me know on Twitter if you agree or disagree. But I really feel like Elena's relationship with Mark is not genuine, that it's a move, a power move, to uh, keep herself safe. And also, when a lot of things started to fall apart with Cody, Elena was very, very quick to run to the other side of the house and work things out for herself and let them know, hey, I don't know what's going Man, that ain't me, man. That pisses me off. She was right in there being angry with Christmas and with Paul. She was right in there when they were angry, being angry as well. That's a sign of somebody who can adapt to their environment. I like that about Elena. I think she can adapt to her environment. I think she needs to be very, very, very cautious about hurting Mark because if Mark finally catches on and gets kind of fed up, she could be in danger because we haven't really seen Mark's game yet. Uh, Mark looks like he's going to be a really good social player, like I said. It reminds me a lot of Jeff. I think he's going to be a good social player. However, we have not seen him in comps, and this guy, you know, we always see that the guys who are built are not always the best at comps, but he is somebody who takes fitness very seriously and probably has some endurance. In a power competition, he probably does decently well. Um, we saw that with Jesse in his season, that uh, Jesse did well as well, and he was a bodybuilder. So don't always count these big guys out as who can't compete. Uh, and I think that if he's get if he gets burnt, and maybe if she's the one that burns him, uh, we could see a situation where he kind of decides it's going to be time to play. Uh, listen, folks, hang in there. I got to take a commercial. I got to do something for Morty's. Uh, do their do their ad. When we come back, we're going to do the power rankings, and then I'm going to bid you guys a good night. Hang in there. It's the Big Brother After Show with your host Sam. It's summertime again, which can only mean one thing. Big Brother coverage is back at Morty's TV. Morty's TV is the website that's been covering Big Brother USA since 2000. And now Morty's coverage is on Facebook and Twitter. So check out our links at mortystv.com slash bb or tvfanforums.com.
right. Hey, guys, we're back. Again, check out Morty's. That was Journey, Separate Ways. I got a story about that real quick. I didn't even like Journey for most of my life. I always figured, you know, excuse the expression, I always figured it was kind of a, a chick band. Uh, and then I got married. Uh, my wife is a huge Journey fan. I can literally go start her car right now, and I guarantee you in the CD player will be Journey. Uh, she's a huge, huge Steve Perry fan. I have a big appreciation for him now than I ever did before. But, you know, they got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and Steve Perry does not sing anymore. Journey still tours, but, they, you know, they had a fallen out. You know, rock bands are. Anyway, so Steve Perry's not singing with Journey anymore. As it's saying in, like, I don't know, 20 years. I can't, I can't remember. I don't know the exact time. So, anyway, they're going to go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, it's in New York, and I'm, I live in the South. And, uh, like, you can't tell. But um, my wife decides, you know what, I, I'm, it's a bucket list. I'm going to see, I'm going to go fly over there to New York City, and I'm going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm buying tickets. I'm going to buy a flight. I'm going to buy a hotel, her and her best friend. We're going to go up there, and we are going to see Journey get inducted in the Hall of Fame because I have a very, very strong feeling that Steve Perry will, will sing at the Hall of Fame a nomination. And I'm like, you know what, go for it. Go for it. So they do this. They get everything together. I mean, she is excited. She gets up there, and TMZ releases this news story. I know this is not Big Brother related, but TMZ releases this news story as she's in New York. The night, the day before the concert is supposed to happen at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and TMZ says, Journey frontman Steve Perry in New York is going to sing two songs tonight with Journey. Oh, my God. So I get this call. I'm at work. I get this call. Oh, you're not going to believe that. I mean, she's crying. She's crying. Tears of joy streaming down her face. So excited. You can hear in her voice. I mean, it made me happy for her. When, when, you're, when you love somebody, when they're happy, you're happy. And she was so excited, so happy. You know, Steve Perry's going to sing tonight. I don't even know what to do. I'm shaking. That's what she said. I'm shaking. I'm like, this is unbelievable. And I'm, I'm so happy. So I look it up on my phone, and it does say, you know, I just want to make sure she didn't misread it. You know, TMZ says, hey, you know, Steve Perry's going to be there tonight. They're going to sing. He's going to sing with the band. I'm like, oh, my God. This is so great. She spent all this money, She, you know, all this stuff. She goes up. So they get there, and uh, her, her and her best friend, they get there, and they get up there early, you know, and they're sitting there. And she's giving me these Facebook Lives, you know, and as they're doing the speech, you know, of course, Steve Perry comes out, and he's doing his speech, and, you know, blah, 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 thanks for the fans. Y'all gave me everything that I have, and da, 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 da. So this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And she's, look, she's, she's looking in the camera on Facebook Live telling me, this is going to happen, Sam. I can't believe it. And, I, and I'm so happy. And then they, the, the guy that sings for them now, uh, who does a great job, comes out and sings the first song. Okay, it's going to happen. He sings the second song. She looks any time, any moment. Don't Stop Believing starts, and it's the guy who sings for them right now. Steve Perry never walks out on stage. Steve Perry never sings. I mean, he walked out on stage to thank people, but he never sang a song, never whistled a tune, nothing. The heartbreak of my wife. It's funny now. It was awful then. I mean, you could hear the earth shatter. I mean, you could hear her heartbreak from five, I guess probably about 700 miles away. It was awful. It was absolutely heartbreaking. TMZ 
as this concert's going on, TMZ releases a rebuttal saying that Steve Perry was not going to sing. They got bad information. Of course, nobody sees that, and she misses out on it. So that's the Steve Perry story I have. But, hey, you know what? Hopefully one day she'll get to see him. I don't know how much time she has with him. Uh, and he's not he's not a spring chicken anymore, and his voice probably doesn't sound the way it used to. But, man, it just really, really, really devastated her. It broke her heart. I could I could hear the thunder in her heart all the way down here. But, uh, hey, listen, still a great singer. Maybe one day she'll get it. What a downer, huh? Do you want me to change that story so she did see him? Okay, so, you know, on the way out, she runs into him, and he's really nice and signs stuff and sings her a song. Didn't happen, but if that makes you feel better, uh, that's fine. All right, so listen, uh, on to what's important, which is Big Brother 19. Let's talk about the power rankings, and then I'm going to let you guys go. You know, we actually did pretty good tonight. Usually we're on about hour two. We've done well. Um, I think there's just been so much going on that, you know, we've left so many things out, but it's been impossible to really, really tackle what's been going on this season. I mean, this week's been wild. So let's talk about power rankings, okay? Uh one thing that I wanted to, uh, and I need to actually, if I could um, pull something up here. Sorry, I should have been prepared. But I do my power rankings. I know that um, that um, Adam Adam Poosh does his uh, power rankings. He does some kind of bacon thing. Uh, and I do read it, and I think he does a great job with it. I disagree with him on a lot of levels. Um, but, you know, he does a good job. So this is similar to that. I don't give people bacon or anything, but I just rank them. Uh, and I don't rank everybody. I just rank who I think is, is in a position to do something. We're going to talk a little bit about the future as well, uh, what we think is going to happen next week, which I don't think will be a, a huge mystery, but usually it is. Uh, and number one, I have Kevin, and I'm going to tell you why. Kevin has no worries, no fears, and especially now with what we knew or what we know, Paul winning uh, HOH. Paul and him have a little bit of a weird bromance going. Uh, Kevin is a good with everybody. Uh, he's in a beautiful position. He has nothing to fear. And on top of that, he won 25000 for the oldest player in there this season. $25,000 and has yet to get caught for it. Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, you know, you can't write a, a more perfect story. It's twenty five grand. He gets away with it. It's murder. Fantastic. I mean, that that is awesome. I think he, like I said, I think he probably played it right, even though I disagree with the way that he played after he won the money. I think the disappearing act was a bad move. Maybe it was the smartest. Hey, maybe it's smartest to, to miss out of the room, you know, like they say, ghost. Maybe it was the smartest thing for him to ghost out of the room and just kind of disappear because obviously it worked. $25,000 richer. He basically gets third place money at that point. He's the oldest player. He's loved by the house. He has no worries. He's tight with Paul. That helps him. Uh, Alex and others really enjoy his company. Um, you may say I'm being biased. You're 100% correct. I did pick him, and I am biased. I think Kevin is number one in power rankings, not because he has a lot of power, but because he has no worries. Uh, that could also go for Paul, but at the time of this writing, Kevin still is in this game, and he is working very good socially. Um, I'm going to give my number two actually, to, um, gosh, sorry, guys, this thing keeps running out on me. I'm going to give my number two spot to, um, ah, gosh, there it is. I'm going to give my number two spot to Dominique. I think Dominique has had a fantastic game. 
power-wise, I think she's very much involved in a lot of conversations, and I think she's going to be involved a lot with Paul. I think she's going to have a lot of discussions with Paul. She's very good about about telling you kind of what you want to hear, but adding her own twist into it. Dominique is really, really doing well in this game. Uh, it doesn't always come down with these power rankings as whoever has the most power. That's easy to do. What I'm talking about is longevity in this game, people that are doing really well week to week, whether it be social or comp. I give a lot of validity to social games. So if you had a really good social game, I'm going to give you a ton of credit in my power rankings because I think that's such a strong base to use. Uh, third, you know, I kind of gave that to uh, Alex. You know, I'm not going to give her full credit yet. I didn't like what she said to Cody, as we said before. But I love that she won the veto. Um, and I think she knows exactly where Cody was coming from. She knew he was full of it when he came over talking about throwing the, the power of veto to her. Um, you know, she could have totally betrayed Cody later and survived a week. Um, if she didn't, though, if she didn't win that veto, she's in trouble. But I think that she's got a lot of power in the fact that I think that she's got the ear of Paul. She's got the ear of the house. She's working well with everybody, and she is very good with competitions. But like I said, I think that that thing that she said to Cody is going to stick a little bit, and I could see her being somebody who puts her foot in her mouth a little bit. Let's give her another week. She may move off this thing, but for right now, I really like where her position is. Uh, of course, next would be Paul. Uh, you know, look, he's safe for three weeks. It would be stupid for me to put him number one. That's the obvious thing to do. Um, and he's one HOH, which when I wrote this list, I did not know. But he's in that position where – he has a very valuable three weeks. Probably the most valuable moment in this game is going to be the next three weeks for him. These next three weeks spell out what is going to happen with Paul as we go forward. We are going to have to see if Paul makes it through one-third of the game a stronger player or a worse player. If he continues to go over the top, as we saw, if he continues to make things the Paul show, if he continues to bully people into making decisions, if he continues to tell people how to play their game, things are going to get really nasty for Paul. And by that week fourth come around, if production hasn't found another miracle to give him, some kind of magical token, Paul might, I think, be in serious trouble as we get past these three weeks. But in the position he's in right now, um, he's really a leader of the OTC crew, which is the other than Cody crew. Okay, He's in the OTC leadership uh, role right now. He's leading the charge against Cody. But at some point, Cody's probably going to go home with the way that he's played, and Paul's going to be sitting there as a vet with three weeks of safety, and that fourth week is going to come, or that, you know, not the fourth week, because we're already coming to, he's already going to be safe in that fourth week, but in that, after that fourth eviction happens this season and he goes to the fifth one, be very, very careful that if Paul doesn't win HOH and he doesn't establish a really solid alliance that would save him, he could be in a lot of trouble in that in that fourth and fifth eviction or that fifth eviction. God, it just blows my mind that somebody's safe for four evictions. But anyway, you know, if he comes out of that fifth eviction I, and he has completely pushed and pushed and pushed people, I think that Paul could be in trouble. But for now, he's in a great position. He's in he's like I said, he's in the leadership role of the other than uh, OTC crew, the other than Cody crew. Uh, and I and I kind of give him a little bit of credit there uh, for that, if he can do it right. Now, what he needs to do is let the people who win HOH, you're safe. Keep your mouth shut. The people who win HOH, especially if you're working with them, just talk when they ask you to talk. Just give advice when they want it. 
don't just fool them over with your advice and your thoughts on what should happen. Paul, you're safe for three weeks. Use this three weeks to socially get very strong. Worry about the comps when it comes down to it. Maybe try to win a POV to save a friend because you're not in danger of going up. Maybe do something like that. Show, give it, Pay it forward a little bit. Show that you're a player on the team. But don't try to dominate this thing because you're going to be in trouble come week five eviction or the fifth eviction. Uh, so be very, very careful, Paul, from how you play on from here. But I have a feeling he's going to be overbearing, and I have a feeling that he's going to be so comfortable this next three week or these these three weeks of evictions that Paul's just going to run his mouth and he's going to get himself really, really deep. Now, you guys might be surprised at this, and I'm surprised at this. But another person I'm going to put on the power rankings in a high position is going to be Josh. Guys, how does a peeping Tom who stole safety for himself, I mean completely selfishly, become a vote everyone needed? How does he become somebody everybody's relying on? How does he become somebody that, is, that people are going to and trusting what he says? I mean, it is incredible. Hats off, Josh. For some reason, you have worked the short memory of the Big Brother house. And, and, and that, that does happen in these seasons. We see short memories where you go, you know, what the hell? And, I mean, I said that about Alex, you know, maybe paying for her comment later on down the road. But maybe she won't. This house is week to week. It is a week to week game. And right now, Josh has slid through by taking that golden apple. What an insulting thing to do to the people you're playing with that you have known for maybe 48 hours to save yourself from eviction and leave them all out to dry, to not be a team player, to not be somebody to trust, to not be somebody who you can align with, to be in somebody that people are going to and asking for your vote and asking, you know, you know, can I trust you? You know, yeah, I trust you, trust me, you know, whatever, we can work together. I think somebody called him, I think Christmas called him as her ride or die. I mean, come on. Josh gets tons of credit right now. Now I don't give him a lot of I don't give him a lot of credit to go far because like I said, selfish players always come out in the wash. He's always gonna do something to keep himself safe. He's always gonna work himself up and he's always gonna become paranoid. Josh's biggest enemy is gonna be his paranoia. And I'm telling you, his paranoia is going to cost him a lot. I think it's eventually gonna wear him out. But for now, this week, hats off, Josh. I gotta give you a ton of credit, man because I think that you have been able to get yourself out of the doghouse pretty quickly and, and move. The other last person I'm going to give this to, and I'm going to get a ton of hate for it. Um, you know, I'm going to give, I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to actually split it between two people. I'm going to split it between Elena and Jessica. And you might say, what the hell are you talking about? Because Jessica's probably going to end up on the block. It's true, but... Despite her connection with Cody, she's allowed Cody to take responsibility for his own moves. There are a lot of times when people end up in these showmances where they all make the decision together, man, they're going to stick by each other. We see it over and over again. You know, uh, yeah, that was my decision, not Cody. You know, they want to take credit for big moves. Jessica really doesn't seem like that type of person. She just wants to get in, wave her web, trap the spider, make her move, and then kind of back away. Credit where credit's due, there was a moment where, where Jessica was being, was being talked to about her vote, and she had considered voting out Christmas against Cody. I think that she is somebody that is going to use Cody as a meat shield, 
And I think she's going to play possum when the smoke clears. I think if Cody gets in trouble, she's going to play possum, probably lay very low, try to try to gain some sympathy, maybe charm another male in the house that's strong, try to see if they'll ride with her a little bit. Uh, I think that she is somebody that is going to hop and hop and hop and hop. And eventually, spiders get crushed. I think she will. But I think she also has this thing about her, I think, deep down, that is vengeful and vindictive and cold. And I think that if she's able to be herself in timing position where she's timing things right, I think you might want to look out for Jessica because we haven't seen her compete. And maybe she can't. But what we do know is that I think that Jessica is somebody who's fully aware of everything going on, and I think she's somebody that knows how to use her seductiveness to make moves. And that ain't going to work on everybody. Some women are going to like it. But we saw short memories in the house. We've seen people that were in showmances where one of them goes home and the other one stays for another couple of weeks because they just end up being weak and playing possum and not being able to do much, and so everybody kind of backs off of them. I think she can do that, but I think she's also somebody that's very, very strong on the other end of this. And I think she has a little bit of a mind for a manipulative game. We've already kind of seen it with Cody. I think she can manipulate manipulate her way into a strong position. I would not give up on Jessica. I kind of like the position she's in because I think that Cody's going to take the blunt of the heat. Now, Cody and her go up on the block. Cody wins POV. She could be in a lot of trouble. That could all backfire. And to say that I like her position this week is a strong, bold statement. I don't. But I do like the way that she's playing for the position she's in. I think that she can probably get under some people's skin. I think she can probably get under Christmas's skin for sure. I think she can rattle some people, and I think she can throw them off a little bit. Sometimes this game is really getting under people's skin, and I think Jessica could probably do that and probably be very non-threatening in a way that she doesn't get up on the block in the future. But eventually she's probably going to get stomped. And with Elena, listen, I think Elena's playing a better game than Jessica. I actually would give this more to Elena than Jessica, but she's got great timing. She's using Mark, and I think she's using Mark to help her, and I think Mark is going to help her, and I think Mark's going to help her in her social game. She was very, very, very – you know, you see people come into this game and they cut the other side of the house off. Like, I've made my decision. I'm not dealing with you. Elena is not that way. Elena is very involved with everything going on in the house. She knows how to play as she's on your side. I'm with you. I've got you. She was telling Christmas. She was praying for her. I, you know, I just think that, you know, Elena is somebody who's done a great job at distancing her distancing. Slow it down. Distancing distance, getting distance from Cody and Jessica. I think she's done a really good job at separating herself out. Mark has too. Uh, as has Matt. I mean, everybody's pretty much left them on the raft by themselves. But, you know, look, this is a situation where Elena's in a very, very strong position. As long as she's got Mark, as long as she's got the house on her side, her nomination may not come anytime soon. I like where she's at right now, and that's why she sits higher on the power rankings. My lowest two, of course, Jillian was on the bottom. Is that fair right now? Probably not. But I did write this before she got evicted. And it was a 50-50 vote at that point, and if it had become a 50-50 vote, Cody votes out Christmas 100%. So at the time of this writing, it's probably fair to put Jillian on the bottom. Um, you know, she just, like we said, there's not much to say. I felt like she was another Meg. 
She really didn't know the game had started. She's just kind of floating there hoping that something happens for her. Uh, the fact that she was kind of shocked that she lost to Christmas in the eviction tells you a lot. Um, I just think that she's a little clueless on what's going on. She would have trusted what anybody told her, and it would have been okay, fine, you know, it works, you know. I don't think she was going to be anybody that was going to get fired up or start to play the game. Me and, me and, me and uh, Fusky disagreed with that when he was on last week. But I just think that Jillian is a really, really, really weak player. We saw it. I don't think she benefits anything by staying in this house. I would have voted out Christmas. I would have nominated Paul. Trust me. You know, I, I actually agree with Cody 100% with nominating Paul. I would have nominated Paul, and I would have voted out Christmas because Jillian's not going to do anything, which is why she's on the bottom. I don't think she really had any friends. I mean, she had friends, but – I don't think they were going to be friends that were going to be highly influential. She did not have a great number of them, enough to save her. Uh, and so that's kind of why she's on the bottom here. Obviously, I was right. She goes home. Uh, and, of course, Cody. Uh, I like some things that Cody did. I hated other things that Cody did. Um, Paul was the right pick. And, and Paul should have gone up earlier for Cody. I think Cody played the whole backdoor thing. I get it, you didn't want him to win POV, but that ended up really shooting you in the foot, whether it was production or not. Um, I, I think that Cody got screwed over one person quitting, and then he got screwed by another person winning POV, which is part of the game, uh, and another being unevicted, uh, unevictable, which is even a word, unevictable, but that's what Paul is. Uh, he's unevictable. Uh, so Cody kind of got screwed, and his game got really, really exposed. Trust me, I don't think it's a shock that Paul goes up. I think everybody who was in alliance probably should have smiled and said, hell yeah. Paul is somebody that does need to go home. He's a vet. He's got experience in the game. He knows how long it lasts. He was at the end. He was final two. He's won $50,000 and a ton of fame. So why in the world would you even want to keep Paul? Cody should have put him up before. I think it would have given Cody a little bit of street cred to put Paul up early. Uh, but Cody is a victim of really bad luck and a bad personality. Uh, sometimes they coincide with each other. Can't have one sometimes without the other. Uh, but he's got the uh, social skills. God gave a chopping block. And, you know, you can't really save somebody from that. It, it, but some of this is not his fault. I think when Christmas got mad at him, I think, I think a really smart move for Cody today uh, was that Cody should have gone down and said, look, you guys got to understand. My first nominee, uh, first group I put up, one nominee goes home. The second one wins the POV. The third one is unevictable. What do you want me to do? I'm running out of people. And, yeah, you could have put up Jason, and you could have put up Ramsey's, and you could have done all that. But at the end of the day, does it matter? We're in the fifth, we're in the fifth nominee, the fifth freaking nominee. Does it matter who wins up? At the end of the day, you look at Jillian and you say, look, she's the only constant in this situation. She's got to go home. She's the only person that's been on the block the whole time. She obviously was the original person to go home. Uh, I know they wanted Megan too, but obviously once Megan left, Jillian was the only one left. And nobody had done enough to really piss off the house enough to really outstate Jillian. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, you know, Cody probably would have done himself to get some good to just explain, look, what do you want me to do? You know, <laughs> on the fifth nominee, uh, my game's screwed. You're safe. My game's screwed. What's it matter to you anymore? You know, just just let me be. Let me just enjoy the next couple of days before I go up on the block. And and 
it probably would have made a lot more sense to people for him to just kind of throw his hands up and do that. I think Cody's a fool for trying to keep fighting that he's got control when obviously he doesn't. Um, you know, he should have really been campaigning to get rid of Jill. I think if he had really thought it out, he would have said, you know what, Jillian's the only person on this block still. She's the one constant in this situation. I'm going to campaign against Jillian. I'm going to try to save Christmas. I'm going to try to save Alex. Whatever. And just explain to Alex. Explain to Chris. You, look, I'm, you know, look where I am. I, I just, your name came up. I threw it out there. You can be mad at me. But I'm campaigning for Jill to go home. And I would have honestly campaigned for Jill to go home just to save my butt at that point um, if, if I'm Cody. But, look. Cody went, Cody goes up this week. He's going to win a POV. They can try to backdoor him, but I think he's still somebody that if he plays that POV, he's going to play to win because he knows. Um, let's just be honest. We're probably going to see Cody and Jessica go up on the block. But, again, I think Cody can win the POV, Cody being the main target. We'll see who Paul replaces him with. Uh, it might be interesting, um, but Josh could be an easy nominee. Uh, Ramsey's is obviously probably going to maybe go up on the block because he's got to use his three at some point. Uh, so Cody being very, very low uh, with Jillian being out, I would probably say that if I were to even replace Jillian with anybody, it would be hard to do. Uh, all these guys have played a really, really good game. I mean, Jason is playing a good game. Alex is playing a good game. Christmas obviously saved herself. She's playing a good game. She saved herself twice. Let's not forget that. Paul obviously saved for a couple of weeks. I don't like Paul's game right now, but it is what it is. Um, Cody, we know where Cody's at playing a bad game. Josh has been able to save himself. Marcus is laying low. Kevin's playing a great social game. So, I mean, it's just really hard to take anybody and really put them in the low totem on this power ranking because they're all doing pretty well this year. It's been a great season so far with the exception of the twist. I know I'm beating it to death, but I just hate how all this worked out. Not that Paul should go home or Paul shouldn't have a safety. Give him two weeks for all I care. But when he already had one week and he gets another three, you're looking at four evictions this guy gets to skate through. He's going to be going into jury by the time he even has to even worry about being nominated. This whole thing's a mess. Uh, and it really, to me, it hurt the season a little bit. But, listen, we got another temptation coming. we got a whole other week of nominations coming. we got a whole other week of evictions. So a lot can change in that time. It's going to be really interesting. I don't think it's going to be a surprise. Some of the reason why this show won't go as long as it usually does is, what are you going to talk about for the future? We know Paul's going to go after Cody. It's no secret there. Could Paul switch his which switches? his gears and change him up. I doubt it. Cody's too dangerous to leave in the house. Might be a really smart time. Paul has enough people on his side where maybe he can make a deal with Cody, but I think it's just too dangerous to do. I think we already know what's going to happen. Cody goes up. I do see Cody winning the power veto, and I see Cody lasting. And I would look for Cody to win the next HOH. And let's be honest, if Matthew or Mark – wins HOH, that's a really tough position for them to be in to put Cody up. I think they kind of skip around him maybe. Although the house would want it, it's really hard to put him up when you've gotten uh, kind of an alliance with him. Uh, So he could be safe the next week. We'll just have to see. But it's going to be interesting as we go. We're going to see what HOH looks like. But I expect a ton of drama, which may be exactly what we're going to be talking about next Thursday, live at 11 p.m. Eastern. 
Don't forget we're here, guys. Don't forget to check out Morty's. Thanks so much for listening. I know we opened up phone lines. This week was a little crazy with all the drama going on, but I'm hoping that things settle down. We can start taking your calls. If you want to write it down, it's 713-955-0749. At the end of every show, you'll be allowed to call in and talk about whatever you want to, and we will continue that tradition. Uh, So please, keep up with that number. I'll announce it again next week when we go on live and open up the phone lines. Sometimes you guys call, sometimes you don't. But it's what it's there for if you want to do it. Hit me on Twitter, BB After Show. Go visit Morty's, guys, for your live feed updates, and uh, we will see you next Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, live. You're listening to the BB After Show. I'm your host, Sam. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Be good to each other. Flurries, you better grab a life vest. Did I lie? Yes! (laughs) Bye-bye! Pull the mask off. People aren't going to like what they see. Looks going to look like flesh on the outside. You rip it open, and it's just circuitry and wires. If my plan works, think of this. I'm going to be off the block from a guy who put on a carrot suit, took an avocado bath, took a chum bath, and sat out of an HOH competition all to get me out. Hello? Will? Yeah? Hey, it's Boogie. Hey! Check this out. unscrupulous and unexpected. It's time for another summer of Big Brother.